This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermova, and today in episode 257, I'm going to be sharing with you 12 tech tools to try in your homeschool this year. Now, I've chosen the number 12 because there are 12 months in the year, and my challenge to you is to take each, take one of these each month and try them out. Most of these I've actually talked about in the past, and perhaps you've heard about them and thought, oh, that sounds interesting, and not actually got around to looking at them. Some of them we've talked about, but I don't think you've used all the different uh, parts to them. And so I'm going to encourage that if you have already used this, that you go back and see what's new and upgrade your knowledge. But go and put on your calendar when this episode finishes or when you get your destination, if you listen to this in the car, But go through, go look at the show notes and take each tool and put it on a different month. And you can do it in a different order to what I'm doing it, so it makes sense for you. And then really try and make time just to have a look at one tool. Because if you try and look at 12 tools all right now, it's a lot. But just one a month, you can manage that. And, you know, you might try the tool and decide, "Eh, no, it's not for me, but at least you've tried it. But I bet there'll be at least one in here that you'll be excited about and you will continue using. So let me just dive straight into the first of the 12. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, I really think you'll be able to guess what my first two tools are. So if you do guess, yes, you're definitely a long time listener. So number one tool that I want you to try or go back and see what's new is Canva. I've probably spoken more about Canva on this podcast than any other tech tool because it does so much. If you have never tried it, you really are missing out. Your children all need to use it. It's becoming uh, a standard that is expected everyone to it's expected that everybody knows how to use it. So your kids are going along to college and in the workplace. Uh, they're going to have plenty of opportunities to use it whether you are just creating graphics for social media, whether you're making a video or just throwing up a little uh, website, there is just so much that you can do with Canva. So if you already use it, go and see, have you used the AI features? Have you used it to, if you've been using it to make posters, have you ever tried making a video with it? There's just whatever you've done, I'm sure you can you can find new things to do. I know there's so much that I still want to try on Canva. So that's number one. Number two uh, is AI. So ChatGPT, or if you prefer, you can try Claude, um, which is from Anthropic, or Bard, or one of the others. I I tend to vacillate between ChatGPT and Claude. Those are the two that I have enjoyed the most, but any of them. If you haven't tried and you think I hate the idea of AI, I understand there's definitely a lot about AI that I'm not excited about. However, it is here and it's here to stay. And you need to understand it. You need to know how it can make your life easier, how it can make the lives of your children easier. You also need to know how to teach your kids what they shouldn't be using it for. 
and you need to understand exactly its limitations you need just to know it all <laughs> and the only way you're going to get to know all those things is by trying it out it's free i think all the tools i'm going to be talking about today are free so jump in there get an account and go back listen to episodes that i've done on it and try out some things and even if you hate it at least know why you hate it uh, and be aware of what it can do number three is iCivics. We have an election year coming up. This is a time for your children are probably going to be asking lots of questions about how things work. And iCivics is great because they do have whole lesson plans. So you can do that. You can go and find whole lesson plans and work through them with your children. Or you could just use their apps and online games. So they've got actual apps for quite a few, but also you can just play these games in the browser. Um, these are bipartisan. They are just showing you how the government works. So, for instance, you can play games that will show the balance of power between the three different branches of government. You can learn about the path to the White House. Um, you, there's People's Pie is a game that's all about the power of the people and looks, I think, more at local elections in that one. But uh, we have a right, which is all about the different rights in um, the Constitution, and you play the role of lawyers. That one is very addictive, I'll just say. I've played it a lot too. So, you know, you need to go on and perhaps try this out yourself as a parent to see which of them are good. And even if your children are doing a high school class, you could suggest that they play these to just get a different perspective and uh, do something fun. I know I use them in my high school government classes. The number four is FET, spelled P-H-E-T. I haven't spoken about this one for a little while, I think, but um, uh, Dr. Kristen Moon, Funder Funder's uh, chemistry teacher, she loves this too and has been on the podcast talking about it. She and I both use it. I use it for Science Olympiad. It's online simulations that show how science and math works. So for instance, you're learning about simple machines, you want to learn about um, you know, how moving the fulcrum is going to make a difference in balancing a load, you can actually do it all online. They've got great ones for electricity, when again, you can see the effect of adding an extra bulb or more resistance. Um, it's really well done, all free, go and check that out. Flippity.net, number five. Um, I've done a whole episode on this one. You can go back and find it and listen to it. It's great for making quick games. They use, the whoever created this, which is free, has used Google Sheets. So you, for instance, can put in a list of words. So you could use this. Maybe they're the words you're learning for spelling for younger children. Maybe they relate to a topic that you're studying, whatever. And then you can turn it into games like Hangman, matching games. I've just got a lot of different fun things that you can do. Uh, I have incorporated them into some of the unit studies that I've created because they are really easy to do and you can make it fit whatever you are studying. You can even make a whole board game, which didn't take too long, by the way. I used that in one of my classes. Um, it's it's an online one that you play, and it's they've just made it really easy um, to follow your nose and create fun things. So you can see each of these things is, as I'm going through here will take you a little bit of time to dabble with. It's not just 
go straight there and use it. And that's why I'm encouraging you to actually put it on a calendar and find half an hour to try it out. Number six is Scratch. If your children do not know how to code and you do not know how to code, Scratch is a fantastic, easy tool. Uh, really, you can just, there's plenty of online tutorials. There's a lot that's free. Our show sponsor, Funder Funder Academy, where I teach, does have scratch classes, both self-paced ones and full semester ones. Um, I'm actually the teacher for those, but you don't even need that. You can just literally just jump in and try things. Uh, all free. Uh, you can look at other people's games online. So, you know, you, when you go on to scratch, you can choose to play other people's and then look at the code and see how it's done and then just start to try it out. As I said, you'll find plenty on YouTube too. It's a great way to get into coding. Number seven is quizzes. Um, I can never remember. There's one Z and one, but I think it's Q-U-I-Z-I-Z-Z. Again, they'll be in the show notes. Just scroll to the bottom to uh, get the links. Or you can go to homeschoolingwithtechnology.com and look for episode 257 and find the, the links there. Quizzes is similar to Kahoot. You may, you probably have heard of Kahoot. You may not know about quizzes, which has been slightly newer, but it's been around for a while now. Uh, it's a great way to, in a fun way, quiz your children what you're studying. So you could find it by topic. You can narrow it down by grade level and by topic. And obviously you could use Kahoot too. I'll show you why I'm using choosing quizzes. They, they work slightly differently, but fairly similar in that there's a question comes on the screen and you have to try and answer them. And the quicker you answer, the more points you get. Um, quizzes, you also have power-ups. Um, there's just more that students can do so that it's a little bit more engaging. You could get your kids to play against each other. You can play this on any kind of device or they can just play themselves, um, play against themselves. So you don't even have to have anyone to play against. You don't have to create anything. There is so much already out there that you can just find. However, this is why I chose quizzes. They've got an AI feature that is free. It's part of the free version. Kahoot has this too, but it's only part of the paid version. Quizzes allows you, right now it does, um, as in the beginning of 2024, uh, when I used it about a week or so ago, you can take a video. So if you've, say, watched your children and watched a video and you want to see how much they retained. For me, I use this uh, every so often in my world history class that I'm creating this year. I will take crash course video or whatever they've watched. And if there isn't something on Quizzes or Kahoot, I will go to Quizzes and put it in. And using the AI tool, it will automatically generate questions off of it. It needs to have a video that has a transcript because it obviously needs something to work from. But the questions are actually pretty good. I haven't needed to go in and make any changes. They come up with really good options and it's all done for me. Um, I love this. And you don't have to put a video in. You could also put a website page in. I think you can use a link to a website page. So again, if you've been using something to study from, um, I'm not sure if you can upload your own text, but there's definitely different options that it literally at a click of a button creates it. So it takes about 30 seconds. So it's fun, even if you only are teaching your own kids, even if it's only one kid, because it's so little work, you can give them a fun online quiz to test what they know. Number eight is Powtoon. Powtoon is an animation, a video animation tool. Um, 
so it can be sort of fun to use for explainer videos or even just to perhaps do a, a scene from history or literature or whatever. Uh, I do get my students to use it in almost every class that I have just because I think it's awfully fun. It's not really difficult to learn. And obviously, you know, I'm not expecting you perhaps to sit there and make uh, videos like this, but rather to get your children to do it. So depending on the age, you may want to do it with them. You sit and you learn the controls together. If they're older, you could just challenge them to do the next book report using Powtoon instead of writing your book report. Now, obviously, if they using curriculum um, and other online classes that don't use this, you might find it harder for them to find a good use for it. But again, it's another skill and it's a fun way for you and your kids to just get some more tech in there. Uh, then number nine is an oldie but a goodie, Duolingo. Even if you are not wanting to use it for language learning, and I, you know, I, I definitely think that if your children are doing languages, um, you need to do more than Duolingo. It's a good way to practice extra vocabulary. I'm busy learning Arabic through it just because it's very convenient. I realize I'm not going to ever become fluent in Arabic by using Duolingo. I don't think I will, but I like to also keep up my German and learn a bit more Spanish vocab. So I tend to just play around on that. And I, I like the gamification of it. I have almost a 365 day streak now. So I do a little bit every day and uh, I don't often have time to do a lot, but I enjoy it being on there. However, while I'm telling you about it, I'm going to do a whole episode shortly on it. They now have added music and math. I know there are also, there's also like a young Duolingo that's got um, reading and things on it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the normal Duolingo app. Uh, they've just got a lot of math and music theory. I'm not even going to go into it more than go and perhaps dabble around there. I do both of them, the music, because I'm really bad at anything to do with music. And I just like to be challenged and learn new things. And it's kind of fun. Um, and the math, it's mental math, obviously, that you're doing. And I'm just trying to keep my brain sharp. And it's nothing that I don't know. But I've jumped, I've jumped a whole lot at the beginning. It was just too easy near the beginning, but it allows you to just jump in where you want to. And what I'm doing now isn't super hard, but honestly, doing it fast, this mixture of things, is been good for me. And I think it'd be really good for your kids to be practicing it. Um, as I say, I'll do a whole episode talking more about it later. Then tool number 10 is Trello. I've been using Trello for a number of years now, both in my own business and also for the Science Olympiad team that I coach. This is a really good way for you to organize your life and your kids' lives. Trello allows you to create different lists. So you could have your lists per child. Um, you could have, I, you know, for my business, I have, I have plans per week, per day, uh, per quarter. For Science Olympiad, we have it for each event. So you could have it for subjects and then you could have different cards on each subject. So you could do English for all your children. And then you could have different cards each week for each child. And you can have checklists in there. So you can list for your child exactly what they're supposed to be doing. You could even have links. If it's going to be links, obviously, if they're using some textbook, you could put in there which pages they, they need to be working on. And then they actually check off um, what they're doing. For us, like for Science Olympiad, the coaches can go in and see what the children are doing, what they've 
what they haven't done. And again, as a parent, uh, you can check up on this. This is something that you could use for teens in particular because there's an app. So the teen could have it on their phone and you could set it all up and you could also just obviously pull out your phone and see what they've checked off. But it's a way you could perhaps schedule out a week or a month. You could even put the chores on there. You know, you can, you can do what you want. But it's a way, instead of you constantly asking them what they've done and how far they are, you can just at a glance look and see what they say they've done. Obviously, you'll have to check and see that they've actually done what they say they've done. But it's a start, at least, with um, perhaps removing a little bit of friction between you and your teen uh, that you can just have a look and see and they can easily look and they can't say, well, I didn't know I had to do something because if it's there and they haven't checked it off, they know. Number 11 is Pixlr. This is a free uh, photo editing tool. Obviously, photos are part of all of our lives. And, you know, you can do simple editing on your phone often. If you just take a picture, I know I can often do what I need to. But if you do need to do a little bit more, Pixlr is free. It's online and it's pretty easy to use. I know um, my husband is the teacher in the photography class and he uses it there to teach the kids basic uh, photo editing because it's actually pretty powerful I mean you can use layers there's just you know lots of different things you can do and you don't have to spend any money on it and then lastly number 12 I have to shout out to again Dr. Kristen Moon I posted in our Facebook group the homeschooling with technology podcast community a week or so ago asking what people's favorite apps were of the past year and this is her one and I have not actually used it but I could see this could be fantastic to use in a family and it's called Seek by Naturalist. It's an app you have on your phone. When you're out for nature walks, hiking and you see a flower, you see some moss and you wonder what it is, you just take a picture with your phone and it will help identify it but you also can then kind of catalog it you it gamifies it too you get uh, i think points when you find new things so it turns nature hikes also into a bit of a scavenger hunt a little bit of the explorer in there it's just it sounds to me like it'll be absolutely fantastic to use in a homeschool environment i know she loves it i know she goes for lots of walks and things and i have just downloaded it actually on my phone so that i can also play around with it and use it and see what i can learn so I will be joining you at least for some of these. Some of these tools I know really well, but some of them like Canva, I am definitely wanting to get to know some, although I use it constantly, there's just so much and they're always adding new things to it. And as I said, um, Seek is one that I also want to learn more. And Trello, Trello keeps coming out with more and more tools and obviously some of them only for the paid version, but plenty of them also just for the free and it's just hard to keep up. So, you know, taking one month on each just gives you the chance of going in and seeing what's new if you're already using the tool and upgrading your skills. Well, I hope this has been useful. If you enjoyed it, please share it with somebody that could also make use out of it. Give us a rating and review. It really does make a big difference to help us getting found by others. And come along to the Facebook group and tell us which of these you plan to try, all of them. And perhaps as you try them out, come back and give us some feedback. So that um, just helps me to know what you found particularly useful. And maybe you found something you can do in these tools that I don't even know about. Well, that's all for this week. 
and I will see you again same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.